0: The Ambitious Mum Podcast. Different women, different lives, different ambitions. I'm Kate Moore Youssef, and every week I'll be having honest conversations about ambition, motherhood.
1: Especially as mums as well, we place so much pressure on ourselves to try and do it all. And I always say that the road to burnout is paved with two words the word hustle and the word
0: should. We'll explore how their ambitions and careers have evolved while being a parent, and I'll be digging deep, acknowledging the taboos, the sacrifices, and the sheer grit and perseverance working mums don't talk about.
1: I rocked a pretty healthy mountain-sized mama guilt. You know, mommy's tired, mummy's busy. That was kind of mantras almost. That doesn't feel good. You know, that's not why you have children. It's not why, you know, and yet you tell yourself that you're doing it for them.
0: So this first episode of the Ambitious Mum Series 2 is being kick by a brilliant guest. I'm so excited about Joanna Hunter. She is a spiritual life and business coach It was a brilliant conversation. She was so insightful, interesting. She gave us so much of her wisdom and all the things that she's learned over the past 15 or so years of her being a coach and helping hundreds and hundreds of people around the world. She's based in North Scotland, but she's global. And she is an expert in the law of manifestation She manages to mesh the spiritual world with the practical business savviness to help people build really conscious and exciting businesses, helping them become financially abundant and be consciously aware of how their finances can bring better lives for themselves, for their families, for the people around them. So Joanna is fantastic to talk to. She's doing a doctorate in metaphysics, We had a huge chat afterwards all about quantum physics and she has got a ridiculously amazing scientific brain as well. So I hope you enjoy the conversation. I had to make this my first episode. It is fascinating and I hope you learn loads as I did. Welcome, Joanna Hunter. What an exciting guest. I'm so happy to have you on the podcast. I know we're going to have so much to talk about. We just had a little pre-chat. I had to keep telling Joanna to stop talking because I wanted to save it all for the podcast. (laughs) So welcome to the Ambitious Mum podcast. You are indeed the epitome of an ambitious mum and you help a lot of other ambitious mums as well. And we'll get to that. But what Joanna is, is she is a spiritual life and business coach. And I would love you to tell me in your own words, what does that mean and how do you help people?
1: So I work basically as a life coach, which helps you with your kind of life issues and problems and things that arise in your life. And I business coach, but I focus primarily on spiritually based businesses and other people who are coaches with a sort of spiritual slant in their business. And the spiritual aspect for me is really important because when you start to awaken inside yourself and you start to awaken to your own kind of spirituality the the regular sort of cookie cutter coaching doesn't kind of apply anymore you have to you you start to realize that maybe some of those like kind of sales techniques feel a little bit sleazy now and they don't feel right and and it becomes very much um it's very much moving into that feeling aspect of what makes a human being a human being Um, And it has to feel right. So the spiritual part is really about navigating and helping people to navigate that spiritual aspect of themselves as well. Um, And from the spiritual aspect, I feel like there's a lot of comfort that people get from connecting with their souls, because at the moment, modern life is very conducive to disconnecting from our souls. Um, And following your soul is really about following what lights you up, what makes you feel really good on a daily basis. Um, and what feels in alignment Um, and of course many I was listening to one of your earlier podcasts with um, I can't remember her name but it was a a doctor who had lived very out of alignment and then she had talked about how she was now a coach and lived very much in alignment and that's really absolutely what I kind of do I help people transition from that very out of alignment way moving into a very aligned way of living so that they no longer feel at odds with themselves
0: And do you notice a correlation between a lot of mums coming to you who have almost having done part one of their lives and thought they had to do all this fulfilling of the shoulds and the needs and have tos and musts. And they get to a point where they're like, this doesn't feel right. And like you say, you should go back into that feeling of, oh, I need to do X, Y and Z because that's what the the protocol is or that's what, you know, how I'm going to make my money but they just don't feel that that's where they want to be. I don't know if you see this kind of correlation, but I think we get to a point in our lives, maybe when our kids got a bit older, where we just kind of want to go a bit um, rogue. and <laughs> We don't want to follow, we don't want to follow the the pattern of what we should be doing anymore. Do you see that a lot in your clients?
1: Lots, lots and lots and lots. Lots of people, because of my story and the way that I, what has happened in my life, um, I find, uh, and I know we're going to talk about that in a little bit in a minute, but what I find is I get a lot of people who are really right at that precipice of like where they're ready to leave behind the should life. And I always say that the road to burnout is paved with two words, the word hustle and the word should. Yeah, and, and that is literally what paves that road to burnout and we as women I think especially as mums as well we place so much pressure on ourselves to try and do it all and um and it is it's um and I feel like even in my sort of generation I'm, I'm 45 so in my generation what I find is that we've got you know, one of the big things is that we had baby boomer parents that told us that, you know, the epitome of life was a beautiful house, 2.5 children, a white picket fence. And, a, you know, if you're lucky to one holiday a year abroad um, and you had a nice car and that, that was like, then you'd made it. And so we were juggling that idea, even though we never stopped and said, well, is that really my dream? Because we got, we inherited that dream from our parents. We said, okay, well, is that really even my dream? And then on the other side, we're juggling like the kind of 80s woman that became very ambitious, that started climbing the corporate ladder, and we were told we could have it all. So then we're, we're trying to do the baby boomer picket fence thing, but we're also trying to climb the corporate ladder and do it all. And I think... Many women in my generation have, in Generation X, have really ended up in this state of, oh my God.
0: (laughs) Overwhelmed. Overwhelmed with what what they meant to be doing. And I guess that negating with the, the alignment of, actually, this doesn't feel right, but I know I should be doing it. And that kind of almost creates this spiral of exhaustion and kind of burnout, like you said. That's so beautifully put. Just taking a few steps back, and I know, I'd know i love to talk about your story, because I'd lo- I know you are based in the north of Scotland, but yeah, you work right. internationally, you have um, a huge client base all around the world, mm-hmm. um, it's absolutely fascinating because it just shows that you don't have to be in LA or London, New York, <laughs> to be
1: yeah.
0: working the way you work. And, you know, before even COVID hit, you were online, all over the place, helping people, where, how did this happen? You're, you're a mum of four. Um, you've, you're in the north of Scotland. Where, where did the transformation happen?
1: So I've always been ambitious, always. Um, it's, I always in, in my younger years, there was that kind of real clash inside me because on one side, I've always been really spiritual. And on the other side, I've always been really ambitious and wanted to, you know, do great things in this world. And at first, they didn't really feel like those two would ever marry or would ever come together. And so at the age of 23, I started my first business. I was a young mom. I had two small children. I was just newly married. And I started my first business, which was a designer wear boutique Um, and between the ages of 23 and 26 I built four six-figure businesses from scratch and then I worked in them all so I had I ended up with three designer wear boutiques I had a business partnership uh, where I owned 50% of a shoe shop I had a 65 seat licensed cafe and bistro and then on top of that I had a spiritual events pop-up
0: company. Wow all with two young kids as well
1: Two young kids, husband, and uh, we had a cat as well at that stage.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They're quite independent, though, so I'm not that bothered about the (laughs) (laughs) cat. Exactly. But everything else, that is super impressive. Wow. So so you obviously had it innately within you that you wanted to, you had a lot of
1: drive. But I think I started all those kind of things really. You know, I had good intentions when I started all the businesses, but the 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 base of energy that I was starting them from inside me was off because I had come from quite an abusive verbally abusive childhood. My father had been very verbally abusive, and so I was kind of in recovery from that as well, so I was just kind of like in this absolute like cortisol adrenal thing going. All the time, you know. So I threw myself into my work, and um, and of course my businesses were really successful, and that came with its own problems because when your business starts to become successful, they start to demand even more time from you. So I was just in this kind of thing. So um, I rocked a pretty healthy mountain-sized mama guilt mm-hmm. um, from not always, you know, having to be with the kids. And I remember uh, with my first two children. Um, you know, mommy's tired, uh, mommy's busy. That was kind of mantras almost. And that doesn't feel good. You know, that's not why you have children. It's not why, you know, to tell them that you're busy all the time or that you're, um, and yet you tell yourself that you're doing it for them. (laughs) And all they want is you home. All they want is, is you there. So yeah, I kind of went through that and I, I worked like that for nine years. And then I hit a Really, really spectacular burn night, so I was at home. I had just finished a bowl of cereal and I'd been sitting in the living room just by finishing a bowl of cereal. My kids were in the living room playing. I got up, and the next thing I knew, the floor was coming up to meet me and um i don't remember much after that. The next thing I remember is having oxygen administered, and the ambulance was there and then I remember like almost like snapshots, like photographs of the journey to the hospital. Um, And at one point they had to stop their lay by because they thought that I was going into cardiac arrest. And so I finally get to the hospital um, and I can't remember much about the first day there. The second day I'm told I'm sent for a barrage of tests and things. And I'm told that every soft tissue organ in my body is failing. I have to write my letters to my two young children. And I have to prepare my family for my passing. Mm-hmm. And at first, I didn't understand. I'm like, I'm like, why would I write to my kids? I can just phone them. Uh, you know, and, and, but then I realized that the, the doctor was trying in doctor speak to try and tell me that I was dying. And and, and in the end, I had to just say to him, like, just layman's terms this for me so that I can understand what you're saying. I I feel like you're trying to tell me something, but I don't understand. He said, Mrs. Hunter, you're dying. Wow. Um, And I think, you know, when you get told something like that and you're a mum and you've got kids, you expect to be hysterical. But I didn't. I just went in this really weird space in my head where I began planning. Mm. Um, So I thought, oh, I wonder if my mum um could help run my my businesses I right, so that my husband could get paid a wage to keep the family going and I just went into this really weird headspace then I called myself and I thought what am I doing I thought whoa, whoa 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 wait a minute is this how you want your story to end and I think then and there I made the decision no it was not how I wanted my story to end um And three days into being in hospital, I realised that that was the first three days off that I'd had consecutively in seven years, Mm. and I thought, "Wow, this is a lot." And um, and I realised that extreme self abuse had gotten me there. I wasn't a drug addict. I wasn't a alcoholic, but I was a workaholic, and I realised that was my drug of choice was work.
0: Was it a severe exhaustion that led to this or I had Any...
1: every warning symptom. Like at thirty-two I took a Bell's palsy. Um half my face clapped. I looked like I had a stroke. Um I went to the doctors. When I found out I hadn't had a stroke, I was like, oh good, I can go to the office. I'll just stay in the office and not work on the on the shop floor.
0: So basically the universe was tapping you and nudging you and you weren't getting the hint and they basically had to smack you with a steamroller and to show you that you needed to listen.
1: Absolutely. Like it was, I mean, it was beyond a joke on how many warning signs I'd had that things weren't right. But I was very, very firmly attached to the story that if I stop, my house of cards was going to implode and at one point I had 25 employees, many with families, so I felt this burden, I felt this massive responsibility to keep providing for everybody. Being in in hospital for, I was in hospital just over a week, and I actually signed myself out, which is not the most clever thing, the the doctors and the nurses tried everything to persuade me, because they were like, you were dying, like, And I was very blasé. And I said, well, I can die at home. And I had no intention of dying. Even when I said I had no intention of dying, but I needed for the doctors to be wrong. They told me I wouldn't leave the hospital. And I thought if I step out that front door of that hospital and leave, they will have been wrong. And if they can be wrong about me leaving the hospital, then they can be wrong about me dying. And I needed Mm -hmm. them to be wrong. And so I um, signed myself out and I stepped out of the door. And when I stepped out the door, I knew that life would never go back to the way that it had been before and that extreme self-abuse had got me there and the art of extreme self-care was the only thing that was going to save my life and I didn't know the first thing about self-care I thought it was a bubble bath But, you know, and um, I began a journey that I call my Get Selfish journey. And in fact, my first book that I wrote, Get Selfish, The Way Through, and it's really the seven steps to learning how for anyone to learn how to love themselves and to really start to become what I call a good custodian of yourself, that, you know, you have this body, you aren't this body, you are your soul. And your soul has been given this body to facilitate life here on earth. And for that, you know, you are the custodian of your body. It's not who you are. You are that caretaker of this mm-hmm. body. And I was driving my body so hard to the point my body said, no more. I'm done here. We've um, got a
0: duty to look after the body that we've been absolutely. given. Absolutely,
1: We have that sacred duty. It's our sacred responsibility. And so I went on this journey of beginning to look after myself. Um, recovery from multiple organ failure was hard. <laughs> it was not pretty. I was diagnosed afterwards with adrenal exhaustion, adrenal fatigue, chronic fatigue, and then I had chronic unexplained pain syndrome Mm. on top of it all. I ended up with five abdominal surgeries as well to um, work on lots of weird things that happened inside of me. So I had um, my gallbladder kind of removed, a gallbladder surgery, and then I had a third of my liver removed because... Um, I had a massive cancer scare as well. So I had like a lot in the years after, but self-love, learning how to love myself, learning to be a good custodian of who I was, returning to a more natural way of being, which is where the spiritual aspect came in, honoring my soul for the first time, probably in my adult life, listening to what really lit me up and choosing to follow that pathway letting go of self-limiting beliefs, letting go of self-limiting stories. Shortly after I came out of the hospital, I found the law of attraction, or the law of attraction rather found me. And um, I thought it was the most death thing I'd ever heard. I had big problems. I was just in recovery from multiple organ failure. And I was like, are you kidding me right now? Like change my thoughts, change my life. Never heard anything so lame. So I set out to just prove that it wasn't real and ended up as a teacher. And now I'm a law manifestation expert.
0: So, I mean, this is amazing because obviously hindsight looking back and now that you've got this sort of new spiritual view of looking at things, you can see, I presume, how... It was all working, and how it was—guess it was conspiring to get you to the place that you are right now. But I guess you had to do it the hard way. They took you the bumpy road. Were you spiritual at all at the time, or did this all happen post illness? No, I—I'm
1: literally one of these people that was born when my spiritual gifts switched on, and um, for the first few years of my life, I didn't realize I was really any different to anyone else. And then it was about three or four. Um, when I realized that oh people don't see other people's auric fields and I'm a natural born medium so I've always had the gift of mediumship which is the communication of people who have passed into the world of spirit so as a child I had difficulty telling the living from the dead so I would say things to people like oh your grandmother's so nice and then they'd be like um my, my granny's bed, and, and I'd be like no no no, she's just standing here and she's saying this <laughs> but that would really freak people out and at that oh, stage surprise. when I got to my three or four I started realizing that people were getting scared off me and they were really freaked out so then I began like a process I suppose in a way of shutting it down and pushing it down and that worked really well until I hit about 15 and I hit puberty and the whole thing just went nuts like really nuts like I would have day-long deja vus I would have dreams that would come true like the gift of prophecy basically manifested and things like that and um, at around about 15 I used to tell my closest friends and things that I, I think I'm cursed because why would anybody be given these things and why would anybody be shown these things that you know like happen before they actually happen and things like that and I couldn't do anything about it you know I couldn't do like I would be showed natural disasters and then like two months would pass and then I'd be watching the news and it'd be like watching a rerun of a dream I'd had um and it was very frightening and I was to process
0: that at that age
1: Oh, it was really hard. I and imagine. I really thought, I mean, the only thing, the only explanation I kind of could have for it was that somebody up there just didn't really like me and that I was seriously, seriously cursed. Um, and now I realize that that was all part of the awakening process. If it had been kittens and rainbows, I wouldn't have paid as much attention. But because it was shocking things, I paid attention um, and then at the age of 23, which is at the same time that I opened my first business, I, I became involved in something called the Spiritualist Church, which is basically a kind of organized version of spiritualism. And I remember the first time they, instead of a minister, they have a medium and the medium connects with the afterlife. And, and I remember the first time just sitting there and, and thinking, holy crap, I'm in a room full of people that are all kind of like me and can do what I can do. And it really felt this feeling, this deep sense of belonging, this deep sense of coming home. And I thought, wow, okay. So then I began sitting, what's known as sitting in circle, which is where you begin to learn meditation techniques and you begin to learn. And that was the first time that I really began to learn how to harness what had been so innately in me. And even when I was, like, at my most stressed, my favorite thing to do was to uh, go into my bedroom, put some candles on, and take out my oracle deck or my tarot deck and sit and and, uh, meditate and then do, like, a little reading for myself of what was around the corner and what was coming up. And that always brought me this, like, amazing, tremendous comfort. Um, And so even though I had all that, (laughs) I... I still listen to the shids, and I still listen to and so I still drove myself hard and so in that moment of need it's what I turn to and I absolutely believe that spiritualism meditation self-care self-love which became part of my meditation and, and turning into the spirit became um, you know my my solace basically
0: mm-hmm ambitious mum podcast. Hi everyone, I'm just interrupting the podcast quickly to let you know about my new forgiveness workshop series which is starting on October the 8th. It's called Forgiveness For You and I have been doing so much work behind the scenes on forgiveness. I am so excited to bring this to you and it's going to be a process of holding your hand taking you through the process of forgiveness and self-forgiveness and helping you get to a point where you aren't being burdened by your past by focusing on what happened and what should have happened and who was right and who was wrong and allowing you that inner peace, that emotional freedom to move forward, to focus on your present, to get excited about your future. So if this sounds like something that you've been struggling with, maybe you've been holding on to resentment or victimhood, judgment, anger, however that lack of forgiveness has presented itself in your life, I urge you to take a look at this workshop series because I know it will help you acknowledge where you need to forgive or want to be forgiven. So we'll be talking about self-compassion, self-forgiveness, as well as really standing into our power and removing this victimhood and helping us move forward and be more in the present and enjoy our daily lives. So I really hope that I can help lots of people with this. I'll be also offering a bonus coaching session with it so we can really explore your personal issues. So we're going to be doing that with using lots of EFT and tapping, which I've been using already with my clients with regards to forgiveness and it's working phenomenally well. If this sounds like something you'd like to explore, you need to go onto my website, which is www.coachingbykate.me.uk. You'll see on the first page, there'll be information about the Forgiveness For You workshop series. Register any interest, drop me a message. We can have a chat on the phone to see if it's right for you. And the most important thing for me is that it's accessible. I want to be able to help as many of you as possible with this. The online workshops are going to be all run by me, live, And I'll be doing some meditations, I'll be doing some tapping along with you. So I'm really going to be blending quite a lot of different modalities in there to help you on your forgiveness journey. So if you go onto my website, that's www.coachingbykate.me.uk and you'll see all the information on there. Um, I hope to see you on the workshop. Thanks so much. And how do you bring in the spirituality side, I guess the guidance, the downloads that you get, and also have those solid foundations of helping people build businesses? How does that mesh together? It meshes
1: really beautifully because, you know, everything is already inside of you as a human being. We're, we're a little bit like acorns, you know, like we look at an acorn and we never ever think for one second that the entire blueprint for the giant oak tree that we might see next to that acorn was already contained in the acorn. And human beings are a little bit like those acorns. Like everything is already inside of us. The trick is silencing the mind. The mind is the thing that's getting in the way. And the mind is very subject to fear. And I believe that there's only really two energies in this world. So we have source energy, which is the source of everything. And then we have the opposite energy of that, which is void energy. And that's how we experience every negative emotion that we experience boils down to the void. Every positive emotion that we experience boils down to source. And so when you're in source alignment, you're going to unfold everything that you've ever desired because that's the vibration and the frequency that it lives at now mm-hmm. that's not woo that's quantum physics on the other side of void we have a much lower frequency we have a much lower vibration well that's where all our problems live that's where all our hardships live a lot of illness lives at the lower frequencies and the lower vibrations and these are things that can be measured and many scientists have actually measured these things so by raising our vibration by raising our um internal chemistry i suppose in a way we then move ourselves into greater alignment for more success more happiness more joy unfortunately what many people do is that they try and create success from the void and Yes, on the surface, you can look very successful like I did. I had four and six-figure businesses. I had a husband, two children, I was stepmom to another a gorgeous daughter, and you know, and I looked like I had it made, but I didn't have it made far from it, because the issue was that everything that I had created I had created from the energy of void. And so even though there was lots of money coming in, as soon as the money came in, it went out. I never Mm -hmm. got to hold on to it. I never got to keep it. And that was because it was all in void alignment. When I, the way that I work now and the business that I'm in now, I set that up to be completely in source alignment. So I only ever operate from source. I never, you know, if I feel like I'm tired or I feel like I rest, whereas before I would be like hustle, push through. And so my approach to things is very different. So I find that when I teach other people and help, help them build their businesses and help them build six and seven figure businesses, I'm teaching them how to move into that internal alignment. Now, there is no one else on the planet that can tell another human being when they're in alignment. You, it's only you that is thinking your thoughts. It's only you that is feeling your feelings. So it's only you that. Is expert in you that can actually say well now I'm in alignment now I'm not in alignment and I teach people how to listen to that because sometimes the guidance from source that we all have access to we all have access to this It is going to be counterproductive you're going to you're going to listen to that guidance and be like and the little ego voice is going to jump in and go no 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 you can't do that your children have to eat but if we have the courage and it takes tremendous courage to follow the pathway of source it will actually lead to everything that we've ever wanted and desired but society tells us oh no you know you have to do it this way um, and, uh, you know, one of the things that many of the clients that come to me, they've maybe been working with other coaches that are not spiritually aligned at all. So they've forced onto them some type of gnarly little funnel or something like that. And they're so stressed over it. And I'm like, yeah. girlfriend, that is just never going to make you money because you're you already hate it. You know, what, what do you think? Once you get that thing going, you're going to love it. It's not, you have to love it from day one and you have to be in alignment with it from day one and then it will work for you. And so, this is one of the things: is I help people to navigate that inner landscape to find what is in alignment for them and what's going to work for them. And so, it becomes a more natural and intuitive way of living and working, which is so beautiful. And that way, when you actually get the success, you've got the time to enjoy it. You've got the headspace to enjoy it. You're not some like worn out dish rag that screams at their children mommy's busy you know you're actually like you can be fully present you can be there and that's all the difference because I've I've experienced both and I really believe that that's why I had to experience both Mm. so that I can be that guide that I am today.
0: That's amazing it's fascinating how you can then help people with the connection to source that you have and can you explain to people who aren't au fait with these terminologies and we use the word source and i see it as um my direct connection to what brings me light that brings me happiness excitement that brings me the right guidance and is taking me on the on the path that i'm meant to go on but other people see it in different ways how do you explain this connection that you have that we've all got access to i think the misconception is is that we think we've got to be spiritual we've got to be psychic we've got to have visions we've got to be able to um, be, you know prophesize but actually every single one of us has got this connection and how do we tap into it more to ensure that we are manifesting the life that we deserve
1: so whether you believe in it or not everybody is connecting to it all the time the moment that you feel bad is your indication that you have separated from source So your natural state of being is that you are actually source. You're an extension of source energy. And so when you feel good, you're in alignment with source. And when you feel bad, you are separating from source. And your first indication that you are separating from source is the feeling of feeling bad. And then what happens is that that feeling will begin to escalate. So the first, I call it the emotional branch of agents of the universe. So your emotions are the first branch of agents of the universe what happens is the longer you live out of alignment to your truth, which is source energy, what happens is that they send you more and more agents. So the next agents are the agents I call the agents of triggers. So these are things that trigger you in the outside world. So these are your annoying people, (laughs) your challenging people. Um, And they are there to highlight unloved parts of energy that you have inside of yourself and anywhere where you are Unloved on the inside is going to manifest in your outer world as an outer event. Um, So you will see these people that push all your buttons, and you will find yourself getting triggered. And I mean, I went from a person that was triggered multiple times a day. I was, you know, I would get, I was like a kettle. I would go to the boil really quick and come off the boil equally as quick. And um, and so I, my emotions swung on this giant pendulum. You know, when I began practicing self love and I began looking at my own internal reactions and realizing that that's where my control was in life, I couldn't control the outer world but I was 100% responsible for my inner world and I could always create a choice in my inner world. My outer world may sometimes give me situations and scenarios where I would have the illusion that there is no choice but my inner world will always give me a choice. I always had a choice on how I felt about something and when I realized that that's also where my power lay, that's when I began to really claim back my own inner power in life and so it is um, it's a life skill and it's a life skill unfortunately that they don't teach in school so we become these very reactive creatures i think
0: so- what you say then about the triggers and, and i really can relate to that and coming from a, a non-reactive place are these people put their people situations put there to hold a magnifying glass up to where we need to be learning more these are these learning opportunities are these things that we it's like another I guess a hurdle that we need to knock down so we can get to the next stage in our lives is that how you would look at life I mean every opportunity every trigger is a learning opportunity Um, to get to the next phase I guess I
1: I look at every trigger as an opportunity to heal so every trigger is an opportunity to heal at a deep inner level so if we look at a trigger what is a trigger well I like to think of a trigger like do you know the big staples red button (laughs) the big red button that you get with staples, right? Well, imagine you're like, you're covered in those, right? (laughs) And so someone comes along, and they give it a good tap, and now you're, now you're like, the alarms are ringing, and you're so mad, and how dare they, and you got really angry. Well, if you imagine that that button could be healed, and when it heals, it would, instead of popping out like that, it would just become smooth, so there's nothing to hit. There's nothing to punch in on right and so when we heal the you know the thing beneath it when we heal the the actual energy beneath it and the energy beneath it has nothing to do with the person in the outer world it has everything to do with false beliefs false stories that you're holding about yourself stories about um you know your life stories about your family, all of these. We are a culmination of all the stories that we've told ourselves. Unfortunately, some of the stories that we tell ourselves are limiting the energy that we can receive. And when we have a limiting story, you can bet your last dollar that um, you're gonna be triggered, right? Because the universe is gonna do everything in its power to highlight that misalignment in your energy so that you will get the opportunity to correct it.
0: The Ambitious Mum, the podcast about ambition, motherhood and everything in between. This is something that I've recently been learning about and reading about and really actually processing. I think it's taken quite a lot of time for it to really kind of become ingrained in me. And that is, it is our right to be happy. This is what we've been put on this 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 planet for that on earth that happiness is what we should be experiencing: prosperity, abundance, health, alignment. And we as humans and our ego takes us to the places that maybe aren't right for us. But if we keep, like you say, making the choices of realigning, acknowledging the triggers that we don't have to feel guilty for being successful, happy, joyful, not being reactive, like this isn't something that we should feel guilty or shameful about. And I think going back to being a mum, we feel that maybe if we're not a frenzied, hysterical, gin drinking, kind of moaning mess, we're not being a proper parent. You know, this is what parenting is about. This is what working is meant to be like we're meant to be frazzled and frenzied but when we reframe that and acknowledge like you say that we can if we're in alignment we can have businesses that are thriving we can have families that are working it's not something out of everyone's reach like we're all able to get to that point we just need to maybe notice the signs lean in a little bit more to what we're being told working with our inner guidance and maybe that helps with meditation and having quiet time having the self-love and i just find it frustrating and myself included because i often go back into this space of if i'm not working and hustling and trying and racing around and not giving myself time then you know nothing's going to happen you know these things aren't just going to materialize out of thin air but it is very much all about our energy and what we're putting out there and our vibration and that is where the manifesting and the law of attraction comes in because if we are putting out what we want to receive then we're going to be getting it back in even more abundance I think it's taken me a really long time to really understand it but once I've understood it it's so simple it makes such sense that I kind of think so many people need to know this and people need to learn it and like you say we're not learning it in school we're learning that if we don't pushing and striving and working then nothing's going to come to us you teach this a lot don't you so yeah absolutely how do we get to that first stage where we're open to it
1: well, I think what you were describing there earlier about like the hustle and everything like that and trying to do it all and are you even a legit parent and, and you know, if you don't feel like you have a gym problem or something like that, right? <laughs> and, and all of that is stories. That's what it is, The stories and our stories end up as just a story and sometimes they end up in the creator category inside our brains. so the creator category inside our brains is our predominant thoughts our predominant stories our predominant thoughts so when I was working all the hours and before my burnout and everything my predominant thought was life is really crap <laughs> and guess what I got more life is really crap delivered to me on a daily basis that thought was reflected to me in the pictures of my life so if there was a problem or something could go wrong it would go wrong and I would have to deal with it and that felt really crap so I was constantly dealing with basically what felt like crap and it wasn't until I changed my predominant thought Then I started getting a new thought reflected back. So the cool thing is that we can choose our thoughts. That's where our power lies, is our personal choice. So when I powerfully began to choose gratitude as a predominant thought, the universe begins to reflect back to you more things to be grateful for. One of the biggest misconceptions with a lot of manifestation is that if I do good things, then will receive things back. And the truth is that no, you won't. Um, if you do good things from a place of self-sacrifice and you do good things from a place of resentment, you will actually get self-sacrifice and resentment back. Yeah. You can only get good things back if you do good things and you're aligned with the action. So if you are internally, your internal energy, you are enjoying doing those good things, you are in a state of joy, you are feeling good doing those good things, that is the state of energy that is reflected back to you. Um, And I had to, and I made a kind of vow and a sacred promise to myself that I would say yes when I really meant yes, so that I was in integrity with myself first and foremost, and that I would say no when I was not up for something and it was really hard because one of the things that I realized, and I think many women will relate to this, is that I realized that I never thought that I was, but I was a giant people pleaser. I was really, you know, I the thought of saying no to people really freaked me out. And and I thought, oh my God, how can I do this? And I would get really twisted up inside, but and I realized if I wasn't in alignment to the action, it wasn't going to ever bring me anywhere good. And not only that, I wasn't really in alignment with that person either. I wasn't doing them any big favors either. There I was taking up their energy, not wanting to be there. And I thought yeah. that, that on an energetic level, that's just not right.
0: Oh God, not, I we you know, all relate to that 100%. And you're so right. It's, you have to be so brave to say no. But once you've said yes. it, and um, you just kind of have this, this feeling of peace. You kind of think, I need to do that more. And I guess exactly. it's practice. And the more we do it, the easier it becomes. And then you're right. Then, then the people who we're not in alignment with naturally sort of drift away. And then the people that we are meant to be with, we make more time for and we, we have the right energy for yes. it. But it's so ingrained in us, isn't it? From a young age, to be you know, don't don't um, upset anybody, and you must be kind, and all these things that we're told, especially as women, especially as girls, that we don't want to rock the boat, we don't want to be that person that always creates a problem, and don't be that person that's always saying no, and and it's so hard to change the condition.
1: Hard conditioning. We are heavily, heavily conditioned from a very young age to be a good person and no one ever stops and says but be a good person but be a good person to yourself first because the idea of being a good person to yourself first puts you in the category of being selfish which is why my self-help book is called guest selfish because when I started coaching clients without exception I would explain the process to them and every single client, without exception, would say, oh, but that's selfish. Mm. And I would joke with my clients and say to them, if I ever write a self-help book, it will be called Get Selfish. So the clients that I had that were brave enough to follow the advice and follow moving into integrity with themselves, they would get these amazing life-changing results, their lives would become more happier, Would become wealthier. They, you know, everything would move into alignment basically. Um, and then, you know, it, it was very fine, very
0: few, like a few weeks of mobile like
1: getting selfish is the best thing in the world.
0: It's brilliant. It's fantastic. And tell everyone where they can find you. What's your website, social media?
1: I hang out at joannahunter.com. And that's where you can find out all about me. I'm obviously uh, on all social media channels and I'm the same on all channels. So I am... Joanna Hunter, C-O-M. So for the com. So Joanna Hunter, C-O-M, all one word. You'll find me on Instagram. You'll find me on Twitter. You'll find me on all of the main players, social media sites. And then we have a really special Instagram account just for the million dollar experiment. And it is my million dollar experiment. If you look at the handle, my million dollar experiment, all one word is our new Instagram just for the experiment. So there's plenty of places to find us, but make sure that you click on Kate's link and um, because then we can reward Kate for introducing you to the experiment. It is an entire year. On the 1st of January, I'm so excited about the 1st of January because that's when we officially launched that actual experiment. So on the 1st of January, everybody will get access to the million dollar plan. So that is a step-by-step plan that we're going to be sharing with you, a roadmap. Of how you can generate and create a million dollars, and I cannot wait for everybody's reactions because when we did the Zoom call to launch this, the reactions were unreal on the call because I think everybody was thinking I was describing a high-end mastermind mm-hmm. that was going to cost thousands of dollars, and when I said twenty-five dollars, people were like, "What?" And um, so it was so fun, and I love it because I wanted to I wanted to make this experiment as accessible to as many people as possible. I didn't want money to really be a factor for someone to say I can't be part of this. I can't I can't mm-hmm. afford to expand my mindset. You know, not only do we offer you this for $25 so but even if that is a stretch and I've been in a place where that has been a stretch for me, right? The fact that you could earn your money back by introducing two friends That means that, you know, there is no one that is really disqualified from this. Everyone is open to learning this. And I really, truly believe that it is our birthright to know this information, to have this information, to help us expand in our consciousness, but also to create conscious wealth, Mm -hmm. not just money for the sake of money, like the way I did my businesses in my earlier life, where I was like a complete hustle bunny, hustling all the time never had any quality of life, never had time for my children to the way that I live and work now, which is allowing myself to be fully present. I take many holidays and breaks. Um, um, I recently just uh, took my son down. Um, me and my husband took our son down to start his new life in Glasgow in his new university course. And We're doing the same in, in a week's time. We're taking our eldest daughter down to Edinburgh where she's going to be doing psychology. And um, to be able to do that and be fully present instead of it feeling like this kind of stressful thing that is Mm. happening. Oh my goodness. Here's so many moms when their kids get to the age of university where they're like, oh, it's so stressful. And to be able to do that from a place of ease, joy, and flow and just be fully present for my kids at this transitional time in their lives is so amazing. And I want everybody to be able to have access to the knowledge that has made this possible for me and and hopefully it will make it possible for them as well. You know, it is all in your mind, literally all in your mind. You're, you have the power inside of you and um, it gets me so exciting because, you know, I began this journey of mine, this mindset journey, trying to just prove that this stuff was rubbish and it didn't work and it was just dangerous and it was false hope. And here I am 15 years later teaching it (laughs)
0: Well I love it all and it's fascinating and I think the listeners are going to be really fascinated as well. So thank you so much for sharing so much with us and I guess giving everyone an insight into what is available and I can't wait to share more about the million dollar experiment as well and hopefully everyone will go on the show notes and they can sign up and I love the fact that you are making it so accessible to to many people. And hopefully you will create lots of very financially conscious people that are going to be creating fantastic things in the world. So what a legacy to leave as well. So yeah. thank you, Joanna, very much. And um, I'll put make sure all your details are on the show notes so people can find you.
1: Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I absolutely loved speaking to you today.
0: So that is this week's episode done. I really hope you enjoyed today's podcast. I'd love to know if some of the insights resonated with you or if there were some takeaways that you're possibly able to apply to your life. I would really love to hear your feedback and perspective on today's conversation as well. Perhaps we talked about a topic that sparks something within you or you have something to offer to the other listeners. Either way, I would love to hear from you. In order to help grow the Ambitious Mum community, and allow the podcast to be heard by other people, please do rate, subscribe and share it across your social networks. This will really help with the visibility of a new podcast. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook under Coaching by Kate and do use the hashtag The Ambitious Mum Podcast so I can find your comments easily. So please do get in touch if you have any more to say. I'll also provide all links to my guests and my contact details on The Ambitious Mum show notes too. See you next week.